Good day, and welcome to Christians and Mental Health. I am Rachel Ward. And I am Will Ward, back once again after a brief hiatus. Um, We're here today to talk about some mental health topics um, from a Christian perspective. And we're just doing this from Providence Church in Hilton Head as kind of a ministry to whomever might need it, as we're living through kind of a difficult time in our culture and history. So um, if you haven't already listened to the first three episodes, you can go on um, iTunes or our website, and you'll be able to find those there. And we've covered things like suffering and anxiety. Um, And today we are going to talk about a very specific topic, which is how to listen well. Um, Will, I think you would agree that right now in our culture, listening is kind of a lost art. I'm sorry, what? No, but I, I would <laughs> I would 100% agree with that. I think, well, in my generation specifically, I hate to be the old man waving the cane. Everyone is kind of glued to their phones. I'd say even more so than people a generation below us who are probably trained a little more from childhood to spend less time on their devices. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and I think there's not listening when someone's talking, and I think there's not listening even online, right? Oh, you yeah. know that people are so busy online getting their point across um, that they have a hard time listening to others. So um, I'm a psychologist with about 25 years experience, and I just want to give you some tips on what I've learned of simple ways, simple directions on how to listen well and why we even want to do that. So first of all, let me just give you some tips. Um, When you train as a therapist or a psychologist, one of the first diagrams you see in a psychology book is a picture of, of course, it's a stick figure, a therapist sitting on one side of the room, the client sitting on the other, and then as the communication line goes back and forth, there's a whole bunch of filters in front of the client and a whole bunch of filters in front of the therapist. And that's all their preconceived notions, their past, their history, their biases. And the job of a really good therapist is to know what their filters are and to get rid of as many of them as possible when they're listening to a client. So it's my job to try to listen to what the client says without internal biases where I'm already shutting down what they're trying to tell me. Now, this takes a lot of practice um, because we all have tons of filters and biases. So like in my day-to-day communications, I'm a mother, I'm a psychologist, I'm a Christian, I'm a wife. So already you can imagine when I talk with people, just, you know, friends, biases I might have or filters that their information might go through. Will, what do you think might be one of the filters that information goes through for you? That like when somebody's talking to you right away, you start to change what they're saying inside your brain. That's a very good question. I mean, I think one, the filter of just being a Christian will change some people's views on things. I'm not going to speak to any current current events but i think there's a big one going on at the time of this recording oh sure like so you know we're we're recording this in the days after the uh strike down of roe v wade so that is a i think that's what you're talking about yes. so that is a topic that people have many biases and filters about and have a very hard time hearing each other about oh yes, yes. absolutely so certainly our faith can be a filter and i'm not always saying all filters are bad at all we need filters and we need biases to navigate the world we just also need to know the ones that control how we receive information so right away one tip 
in listening well is to know your filters and biases. Then you want to try to figure out, and I think we're sometimes much better at this or much more willing to do this, the person who's talking to you. What are their filters and biases? So I'm a 54-year-old woman. So about 10 years ago in my job, millennial clients started to come in as adult clients. And one filter I realized that I had was that most people above that age or before that time, you know, 85% of my clients that came in, I could assume we had some general agreement about some moral issues in the culture, like cheating in your marriage is bad, or having sex on the first date probably isn't a good idea, or smoking pot is something you shouldn't really do and broadcast out, or, you know, whatever it is. And um, some of those I just took for granted. And when the millennials came in and maybe had a more, much more um, socially open ethic on a lot of those things, I had to realize they had different filters than the people I was working with who were older than them. So I had to become much better about understanding their filters. You know, well, being a 27-year-old guy, is there any filter that you think you run into with older people that they kind of see you in a certain way or they're already looking information in a certain way? Well, I've definitely, I was thinking about this earlier today that, you know, uh, my position at the church is the media coordinator, but I'm also the youngest person on the staff by a decent margin. And I think there is a tendency for some of the older people on staff, and no offense to them, to look at me as I'm a slightly more younger, inexperienced child and can some and I think that sometimes creates a buffer. And even, you know, just encountering older people, they definitely tend to think they know the law and the way of the world and maybe are a little more rigid. But I would say every generation experiences that as they get older. Sure. I think that's true. And I think right now, culturally, sometimes we feel that much more sharply because I think there's, I hear from a lot of people that they find older people as, you know, almost the enemy. And then older people see them as attacking them. So you often go into situations where those lines are already drawn before you even ever meet the person, right? And so if you're 27, they already think you think that way. Or me at 54, an 18-year-old already assumes I think a certain way. So understanding your filters and biases and trying to understand the other person's filters and biases, those are two things you do before you even really get deep into a conversation. Right. And so this is just the beginning of listening. Then you want to take some time to listen to everything but their words. So how do they hold their face? Are they nervous with their hands? Do they look you in the eye? Um, are they, is their body language angry? Are they worried? Are they scared? Um, you know, do they look away? Are they disinterested? So reading all the other cues that they give you are en- is just another really important part of really, really listening. And that's where social media becomes a big problem. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, even when you text someone, like a lot of couples that argue will argue the worst that they argue on text, like married couples. And I'll say to them, why don't you just make a rule that for a month, you're no longer allowed to text each other? And now the problem is I can text, what's up? And I might be like, hey, what's up? But they might read it up like, what's up? You know what I mean? Or like, right. they're upset. Um, I once heard this do- girl say that 
um, she knew her father was mad at her from the way he was texting her. And I said, well, how is he texting you? Like in all caps, capital letters. And she said, no, he's putting periods at the end of his sentences. And to her, that meant that he was angry at her. And so, um, you know, taking the time to listen, to really read somebody else's body language, their facial characteristics, and try to understand kind of the mood they're in when they're talking becomes very important. Absolutely. So, Will, do you have rules on social media or texting how you try to navigate not having those physical cues? Well, I don't use social media very often in general, but with texting, I would say, one, I try to be very consistent in my texts across the board. And like, if I am presenting something as a little more serious or like, hey, I think we need to talk about this, I will either physically call the person if that's possible, but I will preface it with, hey, I really want to talk to you about blank. Yes, gotcha. So... Um, okay, so if we know our filters, that's the most important thing. Secondarily, know their filters and biases or try to learn them. Look at, look at their body language and listen with, to everything but their words first. Then I think you have to decide what your goal for that interaction is. So if your goal is just to slam them with your opinion, right, go ahead and do it, but it's not going to get very far. But if your goal is to have a discussion or try to sway them on something, or let them know you care, whatever it is, you have to define that goal. And then you have to ask them the next question. Instead of telling them what you think, if you wanna engage with them, maybe this is a grandchild, maybe this is an adult child, maybe this is your husband or wife or your neighbor, and maybe you have different viewpoints on things and you start to shut down. Instead of telling them what you think, Ask them the next question because really listening means I respect you enough as a human that I want to hear what you have to say. And the more you hear what they have to say, the more you learn about how they think and the more effective you will eventually communicate with them. And so I think in our culture right now, and part of the reason why we're, why we're doing effective listening is that people right now very much in the last five to seven years want to get their point across. They want to show the other person that they're wrong. And I will tell you, Christians are as guilty of this as anyone else. I'm sure, Will, you've seen Christians on Twitter. It's embarrassing. It it really is. (laughs) Like, it. yikes. Some, Some... I understand wanting to have a discussion. One, I don't think Twitter is the right place to do it. But two, there's a way to do it without being condescending and making it sound like you did not hear what the other person said. Yes, and name-calling and, you know, believing that you always have everything right. I mean, the Bible is very much about humility. And, you know, we come to... Actually, one passage actually says we come to faith by listening. You know, listening to the Word of God. And so a really important thing in mental health and in the Christian world right now and in society in general is to say, if my goal is to engage someone to in a discussion or even to engage them in a life of faith, we have to listen first and we have to do it not thinking we're right, but knowing that we have biases, knowing that we have filters, things that make us clutch up right away, try to put those aside and understand they're coming from a certain perspective and point of view. And instead of having to win, we want to gather information, right? That's our first point in listening. How do we gather information, hear how they 
um, think, hear why their filters and biases were put in place and how they grew. And so asking that next question becomes incredibly important. So effective listening is about patience. It's a really about love. It's about loving someone enough to go slow and to respect that they are as engaged in their life and care about things as much as we do and not having to think we're right all the time. There is a great passage um, in the book of Matthew, and it goes like this. Um, Jesus said, this is why I speak to them in parables, because though seeing, they do not see, though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy from the book of Isaiah, you will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. It will probably be one of the greatest ministries of the Christian church across the world in the next five to 10 years in this digital age, this digital revolution, in this time of growing global hostility, if we do nothing else but become effective listeners, where we understand that we don't need to be right, only God needs to be right, and that by listening without, you know, with open ears, understanding people come with biases, not because they're bad people, but because they have backgrounds just like we do. Asking them the next question to hear how they think and feel. That just doing that kind of tills the seed, tills the soil to plant the seed of the gospel. So I hope this short lesson in effective listening has been helpful. Um, you know, hopefully, Will, you felt like your mom and dad were decent listeners. Absolutely. Brother, <laughs> another, another story. But... Yes. Our brother, John, perhaps a different story. Yes, exactly. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're just going to continue this series throughout the summer. Again, um, Will's going to give you some information at the end. If there's ways or questions you have that you'd like us to touch upon topics or issues. And uh, thanks for being with us today. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you have any questions for us, email will at providence at hhi.org. Link is in the description. You can find us at Providence Presbyterian Church on Hilton Head Island at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings. If you want to do some more effective listening, we're doing the Book of Psalms all summer, and you can pick up on that right now on our website. We will also have a backlog of the Book of John and we're having now weekly sermons posted, so check those out. We'll see you again next week. And our website is providencehhi.org. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> see you all next See, I was listening to Will. Yes. I saw that he, he only missed yeah. one little thing. I know. I forgot my sheet this week. Sorry, folks. All right. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>